0: It is time for another edition of Inferno Soccer Insiders. And with good news, a dub. That is right. A dub for the Sun Devil soccer team today as they face Siena and got the 4-0 win. But before we even get into all of that, we always got the host, co-host, Jerry Walker, myself, Adam Perez. But we brought on another guest. Uh, The guest, he's already made an appearance once on the show, and he he was excited. He was asking, when am I going to come back? We kept telling him. We'll bring him for a special occasion, and it is today. I mean, they made the tournament. They got the win. Nick Zellerstein is that special guest. So before I ask you, Jerry, how are you
1: doing, Nick, and uh, how does it feel to be back on the podcast? Jeez, first of all, I'm good because, you know, the semester's over. Second of all, you're correct. I have been eagerly texting you and talking to you for, like, the last two weeks about when I could finally get back on this pod. And for the longest time, I thought you were just curving me, saying you didn't want me back on, you know, with all – all the issues that I could bring up to this podcast. So, you know, I'm just excited to actually be back. How about you, Jerry? How are you you doing?
2: I mean, almost done with the semester. Got a little bit of work to do, but hey, I will get through this. We'll get through it. ASU win, super helpful, super motivating. They do something great. We can do something great.
0: Absolutely. And And also,
2: it's always fun to have Nick back on this show. So (laughs) what up, Nick?
0: Absolutely. I mean, People love Nick each time we have him on, so we decided to give them that much more. So, all you listeners out there, you get another special treat this week. So, we started off with the tournament, their first tournament appearance since 2014. Obviously, it was a big game for the program. First time under Coach Winkworth, they were able to hear their name called as a tournament. And who they get, who they get, it was Sienna, a team that, you know, me and Jerry were questioning who are they going to be about? I mean, a team that had uh, only given up three goals, will that be a challenge? Well, the Sun, Dev- Sun Devils showed that that wasn't a challenge for them. Their attack came out with four goals. The first one from Nicole Douglas in the first half, second half, they come out with three, a 4 0 win overall. So let me just start. Let's just start with the overall takeaways of the game. I'll hand it off to you, Jerry. What, what was your just general impressions of it?
2: I mean, last three games, the biggest issue that I think we've seen is three shutouts against the ASU team. They have not been able to find the back of the net. And Nicole getting her goal 10 minutes into the match was huge. And it was just the ball kind of kept rolling from there. Going into the second half, like you mentioned, scored three more goals, something we haven't seen recently this season. And really, we haven't seen this many goals for ASU since non-conference play back in, what, February?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think this was a well-needed result because we mentioned – how this team, when they pull out the wins, it was either the extra time, you know, getting the golden goal or just those little, uh, little factors. Other than that, Stanford to a win impact 12 and the pac 12, their biggest win before that was against that grand Canyon series all the way in February. So it was a very well needed win. And they got the goals. They got that done. And a huge presence of that was the midfield. And Nick, Nick told me during the game, how that was a, a huge part of their win. So Nick talked to me about that aspect and what, what, what went on there.
1: Yeah, so these last few press conferences when we've been at uh, it was the Sun Devil Stadium, Winkworth and even Nicole Douglas were saying that this team isn't a physical team. And we saw it against Arizona, both these games where they lost every 50 50 ball, whether it's in the attack, whether it's in the midfield, or the defensive uh, zone. And so this time we saw them, I mean, they were winning almost every 50 50. And even if they weren't, they found the passing lanes and found it where to intercept. So I thought they were a lot more physical, and bringing that physicality helped shape that midfield. Douglas was um, a huge step up. Wilkinson, I thought, I mean, I've said this over and over these last few weeks, I think she's the most improved player on this team. So she stepped out a lot um, in this midfield. So yeah, the midfield really came in a lot today. I also want to say another quick thing is that having the team back at full health was really good. Seeing Jones back out there. uh, Sullivan looked a little quicker today. Lucy Johnson looked uh, fully restored, so I thought that played a lot as well. Uh, It was
0: huge because I think one of the biggest returners from injury, obviously we saw her in the University of Arizona game, but it was her today and her cool help was Lucy Johnson. We saw how much of an impact she had, not only just tackling. I mean, people who got to tune in ESPN3 and got to see for the first time Lucy Johnson, we always talk about how hard her tackles are. And they got that in full effect. They showed the replays and all that. But also on the attacking end, I mean, set pieces. She was huge on set pieces all year long with Alexiel Delgado. And we see what she can do on them there too with a great shot from from far away. And I mean, talking about the shots as well. I mean, you mentioned how the midfield was present today. I mean, you can see that in the shot category. They, I mean, they had in the first half alone, nine shots. Second half, they put on 15. It seemed like the whole team was playing very well, including the defense. That only gave up three shots not a target in the first half. And their first shot of the game for Siena was, you know, past the 80th, uh, 80th mark. So to t- kind of talk about the defense, I think Jerry, me and you talked about it before the game, but I mean, it was, it was truly an impressive performance from them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was the sixth shutout of the season now for the Sun Devils team and two defensive players even got goals today. You mentioned Lucy with her long kick off a corner, but also, Lishka Carlier had a goal. At least that's who they credited it to. It was kind of a mad scramble with her and Olive. But another goal that came off a corner and the defense just getting in the right place and putting it away. And then, like we mentioned defensively, another shutout, another solid performance all around in the back. And, I mean, Cascapera had to make, I think, one save the entire game. I mean, so that kind of just shows how strong in this defense was, not allowing Siena any real opportunities.
0: Yeah, just throughout the game, I mean, uh, Coach shouted out Jez Hill as well, who won a lot of those one-on-one battles, made it very hard to play on those wings. Callie Dars came up with some huge blocks as well. We talked about the other two, but, I mean, those, those two were huge in the game. And I think an important aspect of the game was the set pieces. We, we know how important set pieces are throughout the season and what it means for this team. So for the team to be able to perform well on on that aspect of the game, I think was huge. uh do you, have, do you have anything to add about that, Nick? I know you uh, <laughs> you dabble with the uh, set pieces and you, you, you're you a big fan of it. So how do you feel that they did on that aspect over the game?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, these guys can't see. My uh, nickname in this Zoom call right now is Corner Specialist after last time I was on here because <laughs> I got a lot of uh, steam from that one. But I was really pleased with what I saw today. I mean, even some of them that didn't, they, they didn't score on. Uh, I think Johnson – had a long ball that went to Douglas, and it was that same exact header that they scored a few weeks ago. I don't remember which team it was, but it was that 1-0 header that went to Douglas on the back side. So Douglas had that one again today that just missed the um, far post. We saw that little um, carlier, like you said, that was a little mix around, around the, um, the goal. We saw Lucy Johnson, which I did not expect that from Lucy. I know she's got a leg, especially with that left foot. But she was, what, 20, 25 yards out and put it in the upper V. That It really surprised me. That was a huge show up. And this is a team that when they have the set pieces going, it's going. So they, they showed it today. I want to see if they could stay consistent with it, though. Absolutely. It's all about the creativity.
0: It's changing it up. And, I mean, in that set piece alone, they changed it up. And when that's working, the whole attack flows better. Because as, as Jerry mentioned and we talked about, the last three games on the road, they were scoreless. You know, you had a three-game lose streak, which is bad enough, and you had in scoreless. I mean, there's going to be questions about your attack and everything like that. But Coach Winkler said it in the press conference after the game, it was returning to basics. And I think they did just that. I mean, Nicole Douglas, who who didn't follow up the, uh, follow up the world, but it seemed like she didn't have it, haven't had a goal in a long time. She had it today. They set the momentum for the team moving forward. So that was a huge aspect of it. But I mean, with this... Um, talking about the Siena team, I, I think we should talk a little bit about what they had. I mean, the defense headed, headed into the game with only conceding three goals. But it seemed like that, that was not the defense we were expecting to see, Jerry. I mean, it seemed like it was a defense that, yes, they had their time for it. They had impressive play, but we thought it was going to be a tougher task for the Sun Devil attack.
2: Yeah, I, th- I mean, we've seen how strong the Siena defense has been all season. Only giving up three goals is extremely impressive. But in their last game, in their conference final against Monmouth, they still allowed 20, I think 22, 23 shots. And that is almost exactly what ASU got today with 24 shots, 10 on target. So it's just a matter of making or making your opportunities and more importantly, taking advantage of them and finishing off the chances that we saw ASU do today. And I mean, the Pac-12 compared to the or the MAAC, not exactly even conferences. So I mean it's not necessarily surprising that the ASU offense was able to outmuscle the Siena defense considering they've played UCLA, USC, Stanford, all these household powerhouse teams. It's kind of just an, another impressive win to put on that resume looking forward to Duke next and if possibly get a win against them, you rematch that USC team that you beat earlier in the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely, we'll be that'll be an interesting. Matchup, Ole Miss versus USC. Uh, we'll set up who, if the Sun Devils win, who they'll face next. But I mean, can't uh, before we get even into that matchup, you know, I just wanted to mention Adams from Sienna. I think she played a beautiful game too. I think she she was a huge part. She tried, like, uh, she kept the team in for most of the game. I mean, heading into half 1 0, I think the coach would have taken it given the shots that the Sun Devils were taking. So, I mean, you can't. You, I mean, you can't fault her for that. Obviously, the defense didn't do their part and the attack didn't do a part. But that was also a factor of what the Sun Devils did on that side. But before we even move on to that matchup, something Jerry – oh, jerry, Jerry's jerry got a point. Hold on. I'll, I'll let you go, Jerry. I
2: was just going to add on before we move on. It was really impressive or really – I maybe not impressive. Cool to see all the players who we haven't seen much this season of get their turn on the field. I mean, Jalen Borden we haven't seen. Hikaru – you haven't seen much of I mean, I'm not going to try and pronounce many. <laughs> no, sorry if I butchered any of your names, or <laughs> any, if I butchered any of the players' names. No, so I mean, we... it's cool to see these players come off the bench who haven't had much time and you throw them in in the NCAA tournament and it didn't look like they'd missed a minute all season, and which is could be very important. Say the Sun Devils do make a run throughout the tourney, they have this depth, and you know, you can put in players and they will not and you won't lose a step.
0: Absolutely, and it's not only for this tournament, but it's for the future of the program. I mean, you want to give the playing time and give them the experience. This tournament experience, obviously, is huge for them. And playing in the spotlight, I mean, this this has been the biggest spotlight they've been in since 2014, obviously. So this is huge for them. And they made 11 substitutions, as you talked about. We got to see Laura Barbary, a name we haven't seen. Obviously, Olive Jones will return from help. Tyler Herman Watts, Nicole Soto, Kiki Stewart, who's been becoming a a player to come off the bench quickly.
2: Kiki just saw me real quick. Kiki had a chance to score today. She had a shot that kind of just went wider than that. And I mean, that just shows more scoring depth. Sorry interrupting you. No, no,
0: go ahead. No, no, it was a, it was a great point. Uh, Julie Karko, uh, Corey Sullivan, Hikaru, uh Minunami. I mean, you mentioned her. She almost, she almost had a good rip from far away. Amanda Green, we've got to see her between the posts. She started the first game. Obviously we haven't seen her since then. So it was good to see her. And Hawaii, Jalen Burt Warden. I mean, it's very important to have that versatility off there, but There's quite, I mean, Nick, I'm going to hand it off to you here first for this next question, but there's quite a few players that uh, played a key role for the team, but what one player stood out for you that was key for the victory for the Sun Devils?
1: All right, so first of all, I'm going to kind of uh, just go backtrack. You guys keep saying if we play USC, I'm going to say when we play USC. That's all right. That's fair. We just like to we like to think this
0: Duke matchup is going to be very good. With hey,
2: hey you, you can never look past any opponent, especially one as No, good. you can't. But you can always look forward. Yeah, you can look <laughs> forward to it.
1: But second of all, I'm going to kind of break the rules here and go off the two that subbed with each other, and that's um, Jess Hale and Herman Watt both playing the right back a bit today. And I know they didn't put up the stats, but like when I talked about physicality earlier, these two combined won nearly every one-on-one. I saw them intercept a handful of passes. And I wanna say, let me pull up the stats real quick. Uh, they had three corners and only one of those corners came because of the right backs. So they held down any offensive chances down the left wing for Sienna. So really those two right backs, even though they were flipping back and forth and not one truly held down the fort, I really thought those two shut down at least half of Sienna's offense
2: today. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They were, that right back position was, has been strong all season, and both times, whether it was Herman Watts or, oh man, well, a, just, or Jess Hale. Hale. Yeah, no blank right there. But no, both of them have been solid back there all season, and I mean, it was, today was just another great example of that.
0: So Jerry Deback, uh, I mean, uh, Nick kind of broke the rules, but it's all right. We accept that since he's our special guest. You got you took the just so as Charlie Herman Watts. Are you going to go the similar direction? Or are you going to change it up a little bit with your pick of which players? Right.
2: I'm going to go with a player we mentioned a little bit earlier. I'm going to go with Lucy Johnson. She first came back against Arizona, played a good role. Kind of, we saw her in a bit more of a midfield role or more of like a wing back moving up the f- field more today. We saw her back in her left back position and oh, was she good back there. <laughs> Strong defensively got the goal, had an assist. Her and Alexia were causing mayhem on the corners, kind of just another strong performance showing why she has been such a great addition for the Sun Devil team this year.
0: Absolutely, no, that's a, that's a great pick right there. I'm going to go with, again. Yeah,
2: I was going to say, what about you? What, who's, who's your pick for?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I like to go unique with my picks and you know this, uh, Jerry, so I always try to stray away, but I think I'm going to have to go original. I apologize. I think I'm going to have to go Nicole Douglas. I think, you know, with the pressure of what what start she had, all the goals and everything like that, every every time she doesn't score a goal, obviously, including us, there's the pressure on when is she going to score next. I mean, she's the number nine. She needs to be scoring and all that. And today she proved it. I mean, she hit fifth on the all-time scoring list for the Sub-Double Women's Soccer Program. So that's just a credit to her and her talent because – I mean, if she plays a vital role in, you know, facilitating the ball, getting in the right positions, creating creating opportunities for her, not only herself but her teammates, but obviously a big ask and a huge, uh, huge part of the tournament is individual talent, what he can do in front of the net. And Nicole Douglas has that, and they needed that. And she set the tone for the rest of the game. That's so what you want to say. When you get that first goal, it's going to make things easy for your attack. It's going to ease it up, especially in this kind of pressure where the Sun Devils have the pressure – uh, since it was the first tournament game since 2014. So I think she set the right momentum. She did what was asked of her and she did it very well. So credit to her and, and what she did, not only just scoring, but just all over the field. So, but again, that's also. You know, I just shouted out her, but there's a few names we easily could have gone with, Lisa Carlier. I mean, there's um, Alexia Delgado with the assist. I mean, there's yeah. so many players on that team that played because I think it was a team win overall.
2: And I don't think there was anyone who had a bad game by any means. It was kind of like you mentioned, a team win, strong team performance all around. Everybody did their job and did what they were there to do. And that's, I mean, part of the reason it was a 4 0 victory for ASU.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And before we preview this Duke matchup, uh, I I made a promise to Nick before the podcast to mention something and uh something that we got to get a little bit of a shuckle of. This is no disrespect to who made this and all that. But there were some little moments with the graphics at the ESPN3. Well miss has some misspellings of Lisa Carlier. So all I'm saying is now now that they won the game, all I ask is to look at the line rosters liska has no a's in her name i can tell you that at least her first name they, they spelled it with two of them so all i ask is just spell the names right and you know just pronounce them you know i mean they made this whole tournament run they're gonna be a huge presence so yeah, i mean nick you saw
1: it yourself you know
0: what i'm talking <laughs> so about right,
1: right when i saw it i'm like because i saw lukaku and i'm like isn't that like a european player <laughs> i'm like and i reached out to you right off the bat i'm like is that how you spell her name? Because I was 99.9% sure there's no U's in the name or there's W's, and I saw a lot of those compared to the I, E, and S.
0: It was, it was a little little bit of a shock. I mean, maybe it was the, the – I mean, they have a lot of games. I mean, credit to ESPN for broadcasting all those games and all that. But oh, yeah. when you have preparation and graphics and you got those players, I mean, I think the main ask is to get their names right, especially if you're showing that graphic card up there because you know it was there for a while so i mean it was just a little rough on that end i mean jerry i mean do you have anything to add about i, mean,
2: that? I heard i heard a couple mispronunciations here and there but hey, i mispronounced some names even today i think i did so it I mean, happens happens to everyone but all, like, the graphics eh? Yeah. You can't pronunciation is kind of a little different than a written spelling of the name,
0: yeah, and I mean, now that the Sun Devils won, I think they earned the right to have their name spelled right, especially Absolutely. versus Duke. So I mean, now you know, now you can learn from it, and we'll see. Especially that again, match versus Duke. Let me, uh which we should, we're gonna talk about now, uh, May first, nine a.m. The number nine seed in Duke. They had a buy in the first one, so they they got to watch the Sun Devils. That that much is true, but I mean. So novels now are going to go face them that, in that side of the bracket. And if they win, they'll face the winner of Ole Miss versus uh, USC, which a team that they Arizona State is very, uh, very knowledgeable of. But this Duke team, not so much. I mean, it's very hard to assess this team knowing that they played in the fall. I mean, they've had a few games uh, through sep- September until November. Their last match in November was a 4-0 loss. But then they, they played in, in the spring. They've, uh, they've played a few matchups. You start with the UNCW, 3-0 win, and then their last one before the tournament was a draw versus Vanderbilt. So it is very hard to assess. I'm asking you guys a tough task, but what makes this Duke team good and why, and why did they earn that number nine spot?
2: I mean, next to the Pac-12, the ACC, I think, is probably the best conference in the country. So like we've seen with ASU, it's every week is a difficult game every week you're going to play some of the best players in the country, some of the best teams in the country. And Duke has a very similar record to ASU mentioned 5, and three on the season. That's including both the fall and the spring. I mean, they scored a good number of goals, especially recently. They've outscored opponents 12 to three since the restart. And all three of those goals came in a three, two defeat at West Virginia. So they're getting shutouts as well. So defensively strong, offensively can cause trouble. I think they have three players who have five or more goals Olivia McGill, who leads with six, Tess Bode with five, and Caitlin Cosme, who also has five. So it just shows that they're getting depth and scoring from a lot of different places. So it is a dangerous team and one to keep an eye out for. And not you can't let anything, you can't relax one minute against this team. And we saw in the game that, or against Siena for ASU, not necessarily a lapse, but Siena towards the end gets a shot. It was offside, but they still scored. And I mean. Offside doesn't count. Doesn't matter that much, but still, you got to play till the final whistle. We've seen ASU early in the season. I know we've talked about you going strong, controlling the game, and then kind of a little bit of lapse at the end. That can't happen against a team like Duke.
0: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. You mentioned it, Coach Winkworth at that press conference said he was happy with an hour of play, not the full ninety. An hour of play, which again, when you're playing facing a team like Duke. They have the better competition. No disrespect to Sienna, what they did, and congrats to them and when their accomplishments and all that. But now you're facing a team that faces more competition throughout the year. They're they're look they're off to a pretty hot start. Other than that loss in the draw recently, I mean, when you look at the stats, it's pretty impressive. You can't look at what happened November and earlier because I mean they're a different team. As much as you want to say, it, they're going to be a different team than they were. They learned from that session, and they've taken it over here. That's why they were able to create shutouts except for that loss. So that defense is uh, probably a little revamped, but attack as well. But another factor, too, to look at with this Duke team, before I pass it off to, to Nick, is that it's been almost a month since they played against Vanderbilt. So they've had a long time and a long break. So they're going to have fresh legs, but how are they going to do chemistry-wise? Is, is it going to be a little sloppy off the start? If, that, if they have a rough start, that's when the Sun Devils need to attack. Get that goal early and set the momentum for the game. I mean, yes, they were able to watch you, but at the same time, you know what they're about, too. You have a few days to do that. You, you, you know what, what worked with you in this last game. Learn from it and take it forward. But, uh, uh, Nick, I know Jerry mentioned a few challenges uh, about this Duke team. What, what do you see about this Duke program that uh, may present some
1: challenges to the Sun Devils? I think there's some challenges, but I also think there's some benefits. I mean, first of all, like Jerry was talking about with the defense, when you look at the the games that they have lost, most of them are just like one-goal games or they only give up a goal and they're holding a lot of shutouts. Some of these games where they're giving up two or more goals, I mean, you look at it, it's North Carolina and Florida State, the top two teams in the country. That It's it's hard to say, well, we're going to hold them to a goal or we're going to keep them shut out for 90 minutes. So this is a team – that's going to have great defense. Um, second of all, like you said, the attack, it's all around 90 minutes. But I think this is a huge factor here is that it's heating up in North Carolina. And I know this sounds crazy. This is wild. Arizona State is used to the heat. And ESPN kept saying, Duke, yes, this is North Carolina. They're they are technically the home-ish team. But they're not used to playing in the mid to high 80s, let alone the not low 90s. They haven't played in a month. Like, Could the heat get to them in that final 30 minutes? We've seen it with ASU this year where they make these final runs in the last 30 minutes, push an overtime, push a extra-time goal. We were talking about that earlier. So I think the weather and if they're actually built, conditioned for 90 minutes can be a huge factor that can push ASU over the edge.
2: Yeah, that's a great one. That was something I was going to try and bring up later, but brought it up there. I mean, uh, Siena team in New York. you don't exactly see that hot weather that much, especially from February to April. It's cold up there. And I mean, North Carolina probably doesn't get that hot now, but we've seen the Sun Devils playing in 98 degree games, other mid nineties. I mean, I know here, it won't be here, but it's going to be a hundred this weekend. So the Sun Devils have been training and practicing in this hot temperature. Sure. The, so only slight difference now will be there's a little bit more humidity there. But, I mean, you get used to the heat. The heat's the worst part of the whole thing. So I think that'll be a great benefit to the Sun Devils moving forward is just that you're used to playing in this hot temperature.
0: And I think of another benefit, I mean, I, you mentioned it both, so I, I'm not going to talk about the points. So I think it's a very great point. But another aspect that's going to be huge for the Sun Devils is the confidence. I think heading into this game, right, they just lost three games. They were held scoreless. They needed to regain their confidence in the attack and their full and all three phases of the game. And they played all well in all three phases. They got the confidence that they can go out there and score again. I mean, Nicole Douglas got her goal. I mean, she led the team in goals, and now she can do that. I mean, it seemed like every phase is starting to get their mojo back and at the right time. And this this Duke team, they kind of had to stop, had a break. They're, obviously I'm not saying that they're going to come out there looking sloppy right at the start, but they might, they might have some rough bumps a little bit here and there. Cause if you saw for a th- a three weeks, obviously they're training and all that, but it's a different atmosphere when you're playing another team, it's different when you're, when you're going against an elimination, like the Sun Devils just did. Our, our biggest question was an elimination game. How are the Sun Devils going to respond? Are they going to show up and show out like they did in the pr- first game or are they not going to do anything and they, they showed out. So I think that aspect is going to be another one that's going to be seen. Is Duke, yes, they've had their impressive wins here and there, but they didn't have this kind of pressure and atmosphere of a game yet because they didn't also face a tournament. We talked about the Sun Devils didn't have to face a tournament, the Duke as well. So that may be another factor heading into this matchup.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It takes, it's such a toll because you're not used to maybe up to game speed practice. You can get as realistic to a game situation as possible. You can go 100% speed and everything, but it's just not the same. There's, I don't know what it is. It's just like the intensity gets turned up slightly a bit more once it's a game. And now in the second round of the NCAA tournament, it'll be turned up even more the intensity. So ASU comes out quick and aggressive early. Maybe it's an early goal like we saw today. That could cause mayhem for that Duke team who hasn't played since April 11th.
1: I got a question for you too. So, Obviously it's Greensboro, North Carolina, not too far from Durham. I mean, same state. So for kind of a home game, they've also had two neutral games here in 2021. So you could kind of say they're new, used to the neutral site. Do you think they could take a quote unquote home field advantage here go a little more at home? I mean, uh,
0: you, yeah, you, okay. I'll go first real quick um, to make my point. Um, I was, my, I was my one worry about the Sun Devils. Is the, the struggles that they had was on the road, correct? And this was going to be another game where they had to travel and all that. But they showed out. I think they kind of got away from that road struggles and, and everything from that from that worry kind of aspect. But every advantage does matter. And those little things are going to factor in, you know. And everything in soccer, I mean, we're talking about the heat. advantages advantage is uh, Arizona. This little factor of location – Tends to favor Duke. How much, of, how much of a factor will it play out? We will see because, I mean, in this first game, only attendance was 81 people. Uh, so, I mean, the, it's not going to be like a full crowd yelling at them, going back at them, I think. It's not going to be that rowdy uh, University of Arizona game that they're going to have to face. But location wise in that aspect, you would like to think that at least fares them a little bit. I don't know, Jerry, if you feel the same way. Yeah,
2: I, I mean, it's I've looked it up. It's 108 miles between Durham and Greenville, where I think the next round is being played. It's an hour 40 drive. If fans are allowed, it looked like there were fans in the crowd. It might have just been friends and family. I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on anything. But I could see Duke bringing a ton of family and friends down and having a good support in Greenville because it's really, really not that far away. Yeah. I mean, I guess the game's what early, but uh, actually no, it won't be early. It'll be a noon o'clock kickoff there. And yeah, it's yeah.
0: It's yeah, it's gonna be a huge factor. And let me correct myself too. They played in '88 eight, 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 the tournament. It was always in the fall. And obviously right now it's a different season. It's been months since obviously it's gonna be a different a different atmosphere and all that. So let me present you guys with a question before we get into our predictions and, and wrap it up. What's going to be – maybe you can name a player or you can name a, a whole aspect of game. Where is this game going to be won and who's going to be very important in this game? So I don't know who wants to go first.
2: I, I can go for – or yeah, good, Nick, go for
0: it. Um, uh, I think he wants to go. If but, you're yeah. pointing at
2: me, I can go first then. I mean, looking statistically wise – the defenses and offenses of both these teams are almost identical. ASU this season has scored 1.69 goals a game. Duke has scored 1.61. So a point 0 or 8 tenths of a difference there. Defensively, it is virtually identical. 0.88 to 0.89 for ASU slightly less. So I mean I just by looking at those I'm going to say the biggest battle will be whoever wins the midfield. Whoever controls the midfield will have their have the chance to take control of the game, put their foot on the ball, take the tempo, control the pace of the game, get out, get going. I, yeah, so I'm saying the midfield. And, I mean, Nick, you talked about it earlier. The midfield was great in the game against Siena this afternoon. So
0: did, that,
2: did,
1: did, he, steal your, uh, did he steal your answer a little bit, Nick? So, I know. I mean, mine was going to be if they flew me out there and I videotaped the game. So I think that would be a big difference. <laughs> But um, I'm, I'm going to go a little here, you know. When I'm on the podcast, I got to go crazy. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, obviously, there's the main people and the main, you know, points of focus. The midfield, there's Delgado, Douglas, Wynn, Cascaper. All of them, they have film on everyone, you know. You know those girls. You know what they're going to do. I'm going to go with the two that have not as much film and are on the rise. I'm going to go with Williams and Wilkinson. If those two – can make their point and truly like mark themselves on this ASU roster. Obviously they got their lock. It's late into the season, but if they can make a point, because Wilkinson is my improved player of the year. Williams is starting to shine up top. If they can make something, I think it's ASU all the
2: way. Yeah, I wow. couldn't agree more with that one. That's a, that's a great pick. That's that, that's
0: phenomenal. you? That's not even a bowl. one. I like it. I like it. That was a great choice for me. I like what you both did, but I'm going to go different. And I think it's going to be a goalkeeper battle. Now, and I say this because both the both these goalkeepers have been tested, but not too, too much. Obviously, this last game, Cascapera was tested only one shot on goal. And I mean, when we look at the Duke's goalkeeper, I mean, 17 games played for Ruthie Jones, and she had to come up with 43 saves. And for Cascapera, what was noted was 15 games started and 52 saves. Now, again, I'm not saying that's not a lot, that they're not ready for this moment or anything like that. But when you test it out, it's almost around three three shots a game for both of them, uh, uh, three saves per game. And which is, it, it is good because it shows that their defenses can step up, they can play well and all that. But when the ball comes to them, who's going to have the better game? Who's going to communicate with their defense is better? Who's not going to have those mistakes that's going to lead to opportunities and all that? So I think, as Jerry mentioned, midfield is going to be huge. I think we, we can talk about all that. I mean, players, those low-key players are going to be very good. But I think goalkeepers and who shows up is going to be important because one little slip-up, I mean, we've seen what it can make in the game. It could open the game wide open even if you're doing well. So. I think is truly going to be a goalkeeper battle for me. Just a
2: quick question for you, Edwin, on that, in terms of the goalkeeping. uh, Cascapera only had to make one save against Siena. Do you think that is anything to kind of – maybe she hasn't been been tested as of today or as of in the tournament. I know we've seen her be tested as of late, but do you think seeing that Siena game and how she didn't have to do much, it might take a little bit to get going against Duke?
0: It might be. It might be. But I think it, the same could be asked of this Duke goalkeeper who hasn't played Great since point. April 11th in Vanderbilt. So I think both of them in that sense have uh, have not faced amazing shots of late. But I mean, think about it. The offsides, you mentioned it. It was offsides. But I mean, it was a shot on goal and it, it went in. Those little things are going to matter in this Duke game. Where, I mean, just this one chance is going to make the difference. It truly is. One chance, I think, is going to truly open the game up for either side. I'm not saying it's going to be open for Sun Devils or Duke. So I think it is an interesting factor. It's going to be interesting to see how Casca Bear did. But I think the communication was very solid today. I mean, yes, she didn't get tested, at least with the ball coming in. But I think there wasn't the defensive miscues that led to opportunities for the other team in that situation. So in that sense, I think they're more prepared, in a sense, than Duke is. So... It, but I think it will be an interesting battle. Yes, Nick.
1: Sorry for cutting you off. I mean, I yeah, go got something else to say. <laughs> all right, all right. So another factor right here. Ready for this one? This is a bold take. All right. We're starting a streak. The streak that's gonna win games. A set piece. We're gonna get a second straight game with a set piece. I'm calling it right now. Mm. Whether it's a free kick, corner kick, goal kick, a throw in. We see a goal kick. If we see a, we kick, see a,
2: go- we see a goal anything. kick goal. <laughs>
1: <you're getting laughs> We're getting a set piece, okay? I'm calling it right now. We're starting a streak. We're one game in. They're gonna get him running to the NCAA tournament.
0: <laughs> the goalkeeper goal. See, now when I mentioned goalkeeper battle, I didn't think it was who's gonna get a goal. I thought it was more of who's gonna save the save the ball, who's gonna throw it out, you see all that. No, I like that. I like the bull take. It would be really I I'm looking forward. I think they need that free kick kind of chances. Cause I mean, they do, they are threatening and then they can be creative with it and all that. But I think from a set piece, from a dangerous spot, they need to take advantage of those opportunities against these teams like Duke. So I'd love to see them do well on set pieces, but especially free kicks. So I don't know Jerry, if Jared, you had a point about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you guys are saying there. I mean, we've seen free kicks be dangerous from all over the field. We've seen Carlier whip them in from the other side of midfield and slightly miss head or mistimed header, miss hit the ball. Suddenly it doesn't go in, but their opportunities are right there. And you just turn one of those into a goal and suddenly kind of can take a breath. You have the momentum going. And yeah, special or yeah, free kick goal. I like the pick. I think that was probably the hottest take we've had on here all year. So, Nick, yeah. for that one.
0: Yeah, we don't have to mention any other takes. I mean, that was definitely the hottest takes. All our listeners know about it. All our listeners know about the last time Nick was on here. So if you're listening again, shout out to you. Uh, but uh, before... I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you, all of you listening. We appreciate the, the love and support and all the feedback. So, But I'm, I'm going to give you both a little bit of time to make your predictions. I don't know what Nick's going to say because he already said at the start of the podcast. So Nick, you're gonna you're gonna talk first because you're gonna you're gonna make it first. But I think this matchup truly is gonna be a great one. Again, the ninth seed, if they move on, they're gonna face the winner of USC All Miss. I know Jerry said USC already, he doesn't trust in the all-miss, maybe. But I mean it would be an interesting matchup if the Sun Devils make it against uh, USC, the pac 12 matchup. But Nick, give me a prediction. We're not looking forward, we're looking at just this game. What's gonna happen at this game? And give me, you know, maybe a scoreline prediction, or at least by how much the, one team's gonna win by. Or
1: so when's kickoff? Like when's the time?
0: 9 a.m. Um,
2: so noo- noon, noon Eastern time. 9 a.m. Okay, Good so off. so it'll be it'll be a noon kickoff for them.
1: All right, so yeah. we'll get we'll go a little story time here with today. Okay. So I woke up at about 9 o'clock today. Missed the first goal, but when I started watching, we ended up winning 3-0. So I'm gonna say it's gonna go with that same exact score. We're going three zero because they average three goals when I'm watching. Uh, and not videotaping. When I'm videotaping, they average about one to two. So, you know what? I'm gonna be lenient. I'm gonna go 2-0 ASU over Duke. Okay. All right. What do you
2: Edwin, what, th- what do you I'll let
1: you go next? Oh, you want me to go next. All <laughs> right. All right. I, I like
0: that. I like that. Um This one's a tough one because I think this one's going to be tighter. I think this one's going to be, if the Sun Devils pull it off, it will be a one goal. It will be kind of like the Stanford, uh, I mean, the USC and the UCLA games where it's going to be very tight. So when I'm, I think I'm going to go with, I'm tempted to go into extra time because I think this matchup is going to be very good in all three phases of the game. Um, but I don't want to go that far. I don't want to make that prediction. So I'm going, keep, I'm going to end it in regular time and say two to one, the Sun Devils, but I can very see this game heading to extra time and that pressure, which the Sun Devils has faced quite a few times. But I mean, they had a span of fours of six games where they did that. So if they go to extra time, I don't think they're going to be too worried, but we'll see. Uh, Jerry, what, what about you? What, what, what are your thoughts?
2: I'm going to go one further than extra time. I say this goes to penalties. Oh. I mean, we've we talked you mentioned it how this could be very easily could be a goal battle. I can see both goalkeepers keeping a shutout or allowing one goal. So maybe nil nil going into penalties or one all going into penalties. But who's yeah, taking it? That, that, that? That's my prediction.
0: But who's taking a penalty? Because I mentioned it last time. The Suns only have done one penalty all year long when I was Nicole Douglas who converted it. Um, so who's gonna take that I mean do,
2: do I mean you got to assume Nicole will take one I would think Alexia would probably take one Lucy so there's three hmm. who else we got me, I, I could see Olivia taking one which uh, I
1: Carlier or Van Dersen? I,
2: I, I was going to say Lishka Carlier as a number one because we've seen her have some rocket shots this year and rocket set pieces. Oh, Van Dersen had a nice uh, yeah, that's shot against, Yeah, that's another one. I, is, I, wouldn't that be a great problem to have? You have so many players who you can put in to take the penalty kicks. I mean,
0: that's not yeah, that's that's a, not good a
2: bad situation to have if yeah, need be.
0: Yeah, because I think for me, at least personally, we don't know exactly who to take it. Nicole's got to be one who's the, who's done set pieces, Alexia Delgado and Lucy Johnson. So, I mean, they, they have the trust. Carlier has whipped it in from far and she, she's known for that. She has the power so she can bring something different. And the, and then, for the final one, I think it'd be Van Dersen. I think her finishing. She showed that she can, she can take it. She's composed and all that. So I think that would be my five. But again, that's just being very presumptive. So uh, that's, but I mean you didn't tell me who's gonna win the penalties, Duke or Sun Devils if it hits that, because I mean
2: oh, I mean I'm I'm gonna go Sun Devils winning penalties. So okay. yeah. Well if you, but really, really, I mean it could go either way. Penalties are like a crapshoot. You kinda yeah. just go in and it you could be you could be the best team in the world playing the worst team in the world. You get to penalties, who knows what can happen. absolutely that's the great thing about this game and this game when it goes to penalty kicks
0: and this game as itself as overall could go either way as we mentioned i mean both these it's very even and all that but before we even end this podcast we always like to wrap it up with one final thing so nick i'll I'll let you think about your thing and it's not it can't be you flying out to north carolina you already mentioned it before so you're gonna as as fun as it
2: would be to be there and i mean be to go cover an NCA tournament. I uh, yeah, I don't see us I don't see us making it to North Carolina in the next what three two days. <laughs> Who knows anyway, so, you know, so
0: yeah you have to come up with something else as your final thought to wrap it up. So do you have
1: one ready or or should I go you, to- guys, go, you guys go. I'll finish it off. All right Terry, you want want to start it
2: off? Yeah, sure. I mean I guess my last thing to say is it was a great performance for ASU today coming off three consecutive shutouts so you kind of we'll see we've seen that turn hopefully it continues to go and they go into playing this duke team strong team good team anything can happen it's the tournament it's i guess it's not march madness it's what april i don't know another word there (laughs) is madness except that begins with an a so we'll say april madness amazing april (laughs) oh it's going to be an amazing april and then more may madness Oh wait, the games on the next game's in May, so it'll be May Madness.
0: All right, I like it. <laughs> I like that. Um, let's see. For me, how do I wrap it up? I say, um, if you didn't watch the first game, I mean, they won it. I mean, they they showed that it's it, it's worth waking up at 9 a.m. Don't miss the first goal. Don't miss any minute. You never know when when the game's gonna start. So, uh, when when the first goal is gonna come, so come right at 9 a.m. Support them. Uh, it means a lot to them. I, I mean, they showed all year that they'd be in the teams like USC, UCLA. So even when they're, dad, even when they're pegged to even be, be picked last, they surprise people. So let's see if they can continue to surprise people in this main matchup. So that is my if, final thought.
2: I'm just going to hop in real one second. It's on the, the game's on the SPN 3, so it's not like the Pac-12 network where, I mean, I don't know why, but virtually no TV providers get the Pac-12 network. This yeah. game's on the 3. You can watch it on your computer. You can watch it laying in bed, laying by the pool, whatever you're doing. There's no excuse not to watch this game, and it's going to be one of the best games in the tournament, I would assume.
0: And if you want a fun challenge, see if you can spell go better than they do. I mean, that's that's a that'll be a little fun challenge for, you, for yourself to do while while the game goes on. But uh, Nick, do you have any final thoughts? For uh, I know you're laughing a little bit. Looks like you got we got a great one to wrap
1: it up. Yeah, so when I was listening to the game today, the ESPN announcers were saying, I think Pac-12 won three of the last four Natties, and that it's about a three-team dynasty. I got four words or four words. Let the dynasty begin.
0: <laughs> wow, that's an electric! You're not, even, not gonna explain. Hey, just
2: mic mic drop and just walk out right here. <laughs> it's a beautiful Let mic. the one. dynasty begin. Yep. I mean, this is a team we could. This is a dynasty we could potentially see in the future. Yeah. Um, I think what we're losing ASU's losing two, maybe three players next year. So all returners, you're getting in a whole load of new incoming freshmen and the program's kind of just going to keep steamrolling, chugging along, building momentum. So.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, that's going to wrap it for this edition of Inferno Soccer. And I want to thank all of our listeners. I mean, all of you out there, I mean, can be family friends members of the team all that All that you are listening we appreciate you tuning into our content and truly enjoying it I mean we hear when you guys listen and we love it I mean it's all even a global reach gentlemen someone from the Netherlands has listened into our podcast so I mean it's great to see that and we'll keep uh, providing great work so for, for all your ASU soccer coverage you know you can get that on in front Intel. Uh, you know, Nick Zillersing typically does video, but he joined us for this podcast. Jerry, myself, right for the team. I and mean, we do all our stuff on Inferno Intel. So make sure to tune in and check it out. So for this edition, we will see you next time with the results of the next game. So thank you again, and we'll see you next on the next episode.